0: Okay, here's a name I I think we can safely cross off our list to become the next Miami Hurricanes running backs coach. You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. With LinkedIn jobs, you can hire qualified candidates by efficiently matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your 2023 goals. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So I mentioned you can cross off a name. Now, this is, I would describe him as a potential candidate for the Miami Hurricanes running backs coach job. Because honestly, we don't know if he was ever a candidate in the first place. So here's a tweet that came out on Monday late morning from ESPN's Adam Rittenberg who says source Marshall is retaining running backs coach Telly Lockett, a potential target for the same role at Miami. Lockett has worked with standout backs, Kalen Layborn and Rasheen Ali Boy, is Ali a stud. Uh, he was a 1400 yard rusher in 2021 who will return. Rittenberg says Lockett was a successful Miami high school coach. So, If you had Telly Lockett on your bingo card or you had him on your list to maybe become the next Miami Hurricanes running backs coach, you can cross him off, okay? Uh, And yes, as Rittenberg pointed out, former high school coach in Miami, so he knows the area, can recruit the area very well. He's a South Florida recruiting specialist. He's a former head coach at Miami Central and a former offensive coordinator at Miami Northwestern. But here's the thing. That tweet about Lockett being retained by Marshall and the way Miami gets kind of thrown into that tweet, that tweet leaves more questions than answers here. Was Telly Lockett actually offered the job? That's something I haven't been able to confirm yet, and it wasn't made clear in the tweet. Was he actually offered the job? Because when you write about him being a potential running backs coach at Miami, uh, I don't necessarily think Rittenberg worded it that way on purpose. I think he might have just been thinking aloud, as we often do on this show, but it makes a lot of people think he was offered the job and turned it down. We have no idea if, if that's the case. Did he, in fact, choose to stay at Marshall over joining Miami staff? That would be a bummer if that played out that way, right? I'd like to think Miami is a slightly bigger football institution than Marshall, although Marshall had a movie made about them. Uh, It was a horrible tragedy though, of course. And, you know, Marshall did, uh, they did get a nice victory against Notre Dame last year. That was a lot of fun. You know, Miami, uh, what was it? Seven years ago, beat the crap out of Notre Dame. But I'd like to think that Miami is a slightly bigger football program than Marshall. So did he turn down a job at Miami? We don't know. Was he perhaps interviewed for the job and ultimately told he isn't getting the job? Because you know what, to... To start telling reporters, yeah, I'm staying at Marshall. I'm not going to Miami. That sounds like something you might do if you maybe wanted the Miami job and you're not getting it. Um, I wanted to lay these questions out there just to throw that to my audience because I don't want any of our listeners to just assume that Telly Lockett turned down the job when, honestly, we don't know if it was ever actually offered to him. It's possible That Miami is right now in the process of hiring someone else for that job as we speak. What do we say here on this show? The loafers work in silence. I think that's trademarked to Hoodie Girl, but we stole her slogan. The loafers work in silence. Now, we did catch wind of the Shannon Dawson hiring before it happened, but... The Derek uh, Nicholson linebacker coach hire was done in complete silence. The Lance Gidry defensive coordinator hire was done in complete silence. The same thing could very well be happening at running back, okay? Now, people ask me all the time who I want to be the next running backs coach or who I want to be the next wide receivers coach, and I I did address this in my All Hurricanes mailbag that I put out this morning. Uh, My honest answer is my opinion means virtually nothing here to say virtually is probably being a little bit generous. My opinion on who the next wide receivers coach and running backs coach are going to be. My opinion means absolutely nothing here. Okay. Because at the end of the day, this needs to be someone that Mario Cristobal and Shannon Dawson, the offensive coordinator agree upon both sign off on. And I want this to be someone, some people, because you're talking about two different positions here, running backs coach and wide receivers coach. I want these to be people that Shannon Dawson decides I'm comfortable working with them. There's philosophies and their personalities match up with mine. And I think this would be a great fit. Okay. And so I can throw out candidates all day and all night, right? Like I I'd love to see Reggie Wayne on the Miami sidelines coaching the wide receivers, but I don't necessarily know if Shannon Dawson and Mario Cristobal would both think he's the best fit, nor do I know if he would want the job done here. I've heard some rumblings that maybe, uh, he's not interested, which I I could understand because when you're working as an assistant coach in the NFL, you don't always want to take that step back over to college or he's never actually worked in college as Reggie Wayne. But guess what? When you're an NFL position coach, you don't have to worry about recruiting. And when you work for Mario Cristobal, You never stop worrying about recruiting because he obsesses over it. So I can understand if someone like Leonard Hankerson or Reggie Wayne, even if they might have the opportunity to come and work down here, why they might decide maybe that's not the best thing for them when they're both coaching wide receivers in the NFL right now. So um, honestly, my opinion does not matter on who the next running backs or wide receivers coach are. But if you do want my opinion you know, a guy that I really like. And, uh, you know, I hope he ends up being a candidate here because I think he'd be a somewhat realistic candidate. And that's Tim Harris Jr., son of ice. Tim Harris currently coaches the running backs at UCF. He's doing a darn good job there. 228 uh, yards per game on the ground last year for UCF. I don't know for sure if Tim Harris Jr. is a candidate, but I would love to have him at the U. He's a proven success as a teacher, as a leader of men, and as a South Florida recruiter, right? The same things you can say about Telly Lockett being a successful South Florida recruiter. You can say all of those same things about Tim Harris Jr. So if he is a candidate, I would love it. Um, But listen, I want Mario Cristobal and Shannon Dawson together to identify someone they both believe in and someone that Dawson is comfortable working with. Cause I, I certainly don't want Cristobal to kind of force anybody on Dawson uh, that may not work out for chemistry reasons or philosophy reasons. Cause guess what? We had way too much of that on the staff last year when that staff, which looked great on paper, I loved the staff on paper last year, but it didn't work. And you got to remember last year when Cristobal was putting the staff together, Uh, he hired most of the position coaches and assistants before he hired the coordinators. So those coordinators, whether they liked it or not, they got, you know, they got tied to certain assistant coaches that, you know, they had no input on hiring. So um, I'd like to think, and I I do believe that Lance Gidry had input on hiring Derek Nicholson, the linebackers coach. So that's a nice step. And I would like Shannon Dawson to have a lot of input on hiring the next uh, wide receivers coach and the next running backs coach. Speaking of Shannon Dawson, this is pretty cool. Um, the guys at Inside the U, David Lake, uh, kind of unearthed an old interview that Shannon Dawson did. Uh, this is back in 2015, but I'd like to think his philosophy hasn't really changed in the last seven or eight years. But, you know, Shannon Dawson, back when he got the job at Kentucky as offensive coordinator, he was doing his interviews back then, and he he laid out his whole offensive philosophy, right? And, After hearing and seeing what Dawson had to say about his philosophy, you can understand why Mario Cristobal liked this guy, despite the fact that he comes from that air raid background, right? You could see why Mario would gravitate toward him. So Shannon Dawson said this back in 2015, quote, everyone throws the words air raid around a bunch, but Everybody's just looking to take what defenses will give to you. He said, we're trying to put the ball in space, make somebody miss and get upfield. And yes, that's the huge thing. I've talked about this before uh, that, you know, big thing about air raid coordinators and air raid head coaches. The big emphasis there is getting the football to playmakers in space in the passing game. It's all about the yak. It's all about the yards after catch and Dawson continues to kind of dispel any concerns you guys might have about the running game. He says, quote, we put more emphasis in a run game and with being more physical, he said, with Coach Mummy. Remember, he learned under Hal Mummy years ago. We didn't hand it off too many times. We have evolved from that to being more balanced, he said. Our pass game with our routes and concepts hasn't changed much throughout the years, he said. Uh, But he has evolved to become more physical. And that's right there. That's what Mario Cristobal likes about him. So um, he was the offensive coordinator at Houston. Uh, The previous uh, handful of seasons, including last year, Houston, last year, they threw the football 56.6% of their offensive snaps. That's, you know, it's not a crazy ratio, right? Where Miami threw it on 53.2% of theirs. So that's not a dramatic difference there. And let's remember, Shannon Dawson is also the quarterback's coach. He's had proven success. With people like Clayton Toon, the last couple of years. Toon had a career season last year in Houston's offense. Shannon Dawson worked closely with Geno Smith when he was at West Virginia, putting up big numbers. Dawson was his quarterback's coach and his offensive coordinator back then. And, you know, I look at what Dawson has to work with at Miami for, you know, the next uh, handful of years as to who's in the quarterback room right now. I think Shannon Dawson hopefully can do wonders with Emory Williams, the incoming freshman. This is going to be Emory Williams' first quarterback coach at the college level. So he's like a sponge. He's going to soak it up. He's like a ball of clay ready to be molded. And it's also the first true freshman that Dawson gets to work with at Miami. So he gets Emory Williams from the very beginning of his college development. I think that's big. If you guys check out allhurricanes.com, my colleague Brian Smith noted Uh, why emory williams hypothetically will fit so well into dawson's offense because the air raid uh, really emphasizes quick release and accuracy and those are hallmarks of emory williams that's what he excels in quick release and accuracy those are you know probably right there the top two traits that are going to help him succeed in this offense so yes in the short term um, I'm excited to see what Shannon Dawson can do with Tyler Van Dyke. Like I, I hate the fact for Van Dyke, he's had so much change because first two years in college, he had Rhett Lashley, and then it was looking like he was very comfortable in Lashley's offense the second year. Then you throw that out the window, you bring in Josh Gaddis and whatever the heck that offense was last year, and, and Van Dyke did not thrive in that. Then as soon as he was starting to get kind of comfortable in that, he got injured, which was terrible. And now you give him his third coordinator and third quarterbacks coach in the last three seasons. I hope uh, this is one that really sticks for Tyler. And I I think Tyler can excel in this offense as well. And we've seen Dawson work well with dual threat quarterbacks. Clayton Toon uh, was Houston's leading rusher last year, a dual threat quarterback. I, I think that hopefully, and I know people have been talking about this in our YouTube comments, well, you know, Jakari Brown is so far behind as a passer. I get it. You can't really even call him dual threat right now because his passing is so far behind, but I've seen it firsthand. Young man has a strong arm. Uh, He's just got to really, he's got to be taught. Like he's got to be coached. He's got to get more of the timing and the accuracy down. And I think you're going to see improvements because in Jakari Brown, I saw improvement last year from, March into October, November, I saw a lot of improvement. So you have a full off season coming up here. I I think we could see Jakari Brown take another big step. So when we come back, speaking of taking big steps, I'm going to, with you guys, with your help, I'm going to predict Miami Hurricanes players who are going to improve most and make the biggest jumps in 2023. Guys who were on the team last year, who I think can make a big jump in 2023. Whether you want to credit coaching to that or you want to credit certain guys finally getting healthy for making a jump, I'm going to give you a player in every position group who I think can make a big jump in the year of our Lord 2023. We have that and more coming up for you right here on Locked on Canes. Guys, if you're a small business owner or a hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Guys, as an employee, I have found jobs through LinkedIn Jobs, so I know this works on both ends of it, okay? They help you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs through targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data using insights from your job post, company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts. I'm sweating. I had to like wipe the sweat from my brow. All this running back coach talk, it's making me sweat. I feel like I'm in a sauna or something right now. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, and we are available free on YouTube. So um, I, I think there are players at every position group who can make a jump. I want to go through those with you guys. I want to start at wide receiver, right? Because wide receiver is an area where we didn't have enough standouts last year, right? Xavier Restrepo started the season well in the slot. He got hurt, he ended up missing most of the season. Colby Young had a couple of really good games. Colby George had some moments, but he was hurt and was suspended last year. Um, you know, so we didn't have really anyone consistently step up. Rashard Smith had some opportunities. He was inconsistent last year. You know, I think with this type of offense, assuming everyone learns it and gets on the same page, quarterbacks to receivers to the offensive line, uh, I think we're going to see some players make a big jump at wide receiver. But the one that I'm going to single out, Isaiah Horton. I look at this guy. He has the size and the characteristics to compete for a starting job. I don't project him as a starter next year. I'm looking at Restrepo in the slot. And then I think Jacoby George and Colby Young, probably the starters on the outside. But I think Isaiah Horton, who's heading into his second year, I think he can make a jump. Six foot four, 210 pounds. He's got the sort of size and physicality. Barely played last year. I think he caught just one pass last season. He's going to put his name on the map this year. I think Isaiah Horton is someone who's primed to make a jump. And you know, listen, some of that is going to have to do with who the next wide receivers coach is. Hopefully Miami gets a good one. At running back, I thought long and hard about this one because there's a lot of potential in Miami's running back room. I'm going to go with Don Cheney. Now with Cheney, it's obviously an injury thing, okay? Uh, you know, and Cheney, as you guys probably know, was in a car accident last week. Thank goodness from everything I read, he reportedly came away uninjured from that car accident last week. So hopefully now... He can just put this bad injury luck behind him because the last two years, if he had any luck, it was bad luck, okay? Cheney, you know, going back to his, his first season back in 2020 as a true freshman, scored three touchdowns, averaged 4.7 yards per carry back then. Hopefully, he can build on that and hit the ground running, pun intended. At quarterback. Now... Remember, we're talking returning players, okay? So that crosses Emory Williams off the list. I know I just talked about Jakari Brown and how much I think Jakari can improve, but I'm not going to go with Jakari only because if things go right with the starting quarterback and if he stays healthy, we're not going to see Jakari on the field a whole lot. Maybe the new coordinator will use him in some of those short yardage packages. I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but I'm going to go with Tyler Van Dyke. I'm going to go with TVD to make a jump this year. Uh, to kind of return to what he was two years ago, Shannon Dawson, his new coordinator, his quarterbacks coach, uh, it's the same guy, one person. So you don't have that like awkward dynamic between Gaddis and Ponce last year where they weren't on the same page. Now your OC is also your quarterbacks coach. And Shannon Dawson has seemingly had the Midas touch with previous quarterbacks that he's worked with. So, you know, Rhett Lashley, two years ago, he helped Tyler Van Dyke reach his potential. I think Dawson can do just that this year. And they value, does Dawson, he values experienced quarterbacks. And Tyler is that. I think Van Dyke is going to make a big jump this year. I truly believe it. Tight end. I'm going to go with Jaleel Skinner at tight end. You know, had some nice moments last year. Caught nine balls for 129 yards as a true freshman last year. Caught a touchdown pass. Jaleel Skinner, I think his versatility is going to help him. Because he can line up as a receiver as well. Uh, And I think a new scheme and some creativity can give him a chance to create mismatches. Jaleel Skinner, six foot five, 210 pounds, heading into his true sophomore year. I think he can make a jump. Offensive line. I'm going to go with Zion Nelson. (laughs) I could have gone with a number of different guys on the O-line and he's coming off of injury, but I'm going to go with Zion because, you know, the guy barely played last year and then people forget he's even on the team. Like no one talks about Zion a year ago at this time. Zion Nelson was projected as a first round draft pick by a lot of publications last prior to last. So even less than a year ago, like August of last year, this guy's being projected as a first round pick. So if Zion Nelson, if he stays healthy, he's going to start at left tackle and he's probably going to be a standout guy while doing it. So I think Zion is going to make a big jump this year and return to form uh, at defensive line. I wish I had a more creative answer for this one Um Some people on Twitter said Cyrus Moss, and that's actually a pretty good one. But I'm going to go with Leonard Taylor because I think Lance Gidry is going to be smart enough to give Leonard Taylor more snaps next year. Just three sacks last season. I thought the O.C. or the D.C. last year, I should say, Steele, was rotating him out too much. Um, I think Leonard Taylor is going to have probably like double the sack totals this year. I think six, seven, eight sacks this coming season for Taylor, a lot of disruptive tackles for a loss. So I think Leonard Taylor under, you know, more consistent coaching, I think is going to, going to make a jump back to his old form this year. Linebacker. I want to throw out the name Chase Smith. I could see Chase making a big step up this year, had a quiet second season last year. I love his potential. Um, You know, he's, he's got good size, six foot two plus, I don't think he's going to be a starter this year, but I think he can provide solid depth at weak side linebacker. I think he's going to get on the field quite a bit. Cornerback. Cornerback. I'm going to go with Chris Graves. Now, as far as corner goes, there's so many new faces between the transfer portal and recruiting, but I'm going to go with Chris Graves. Second year out of Fort Myers. Great size and build. Former four-star recruit out of, I think he was out of Bishop Vero. Heading into his second year, I think he's going to make a jump this season at safety. I'm going to go with James Williams. I think James is going to really solidify himself in that dynamic duo with Cam Kitchens. And you saw—I uh, think I retweeted this at some point at Locked On Canes on Twitter. James is considered along with Cam; they're both considered two of the top five returning safeties in college football next year, according to Pro Football Focus. So obviously, everyone thinks very highly of James. He's just not put it together consistently on the field. I think number zero is going to put it together this year, and I think he's going to be the most improved safety this season. I want to read some of you guys' submissions when we come back. Keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes on the Locked On Podcast Network, folks. I hope you've been taking advantage of some of these new Built Bar flavors, and that you've been eating healthier but not sacrificing taste like I have. You've got to try Built with Built. Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously. Built Bars are so delicious, you're not going to think that they're good for you, but they are perfect for that New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. I just had the Banana Cream Pie Puff Bar this morning. I eat a Built Bar every day for breakfast. They're so good. They come in unbelievable flavors. Also, like churro, peanut butter brownie. so good. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. Like for years on Locked On, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com. You can still do that with our promo code Locked On15 for 15% off. But now you can get built bars at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club today and grab a box of built bars. You'll thank me later because I love me some built bars. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And the basketball team, the Canes Hoops team, they keep rolling, guys. Five straight victories now. Uh, they've got a chance at the ACC regular season championship, which would be in a great seeding for the ACC tournament. Uh, I hope these guys can end up being a two seed. Had a big victory against Wake Forest over the weekend. Was a great local sports weekend, guys, because I also um, I took my son Luca, who's going to be five years old next week. I took him out to his first Canes baseball game on Sunday, which you know, a little hot out there the afternoon game, but boy. That was a great first game to take my son to. For those watching on YouTube, you can see a photo of me and my kid together at the light. For those listening, you'll have to imagine how cute we look together because we look amazing. Um, So I took him out to the light for the first time. Amazing game to go to because bottom of the ninth, two outs, one man on base. Miami's down a run. CJ Cephas at the plate. Hits a walk-off home run. Freaking amazing. I get to celebrate that first time ever taking my son out to a game. I get to celebrate that with him. All the Canes fans are high-fiving. My wife was there. She enjoyed it well as well. That was just perfect. A perfect day to take my kid out to the light. So he's now he's now a fan. He's always been. He's been a Canes football fan and a Canes basketball fan. My son is now a Canes baseball fan as well. It was unbelievable taking him out there. All right, let me see what you guys say. I'm going to read some of your tweets here on the uh, the hurricanes that are going to make the biggest jump this season. Cause I tweeted it out. And by the way, you can follow us on Twitter at locked And if you follow us at locked on Canes, we will follow you back. We follow back from the show account. Um, hold on. I think I can pull this back up on the screen for those of you who are, who are watching this. That's a little small. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it off the screen only because it's so freaking small. I don't want you guys squinting, but I tweeted out, who will be the most improved Canes football players in 2023? Our guy, Chalupa Batman says, I'm kind of expecting Jaleel Skinner to have an increased role this year, especially if we plan on spreading it out more. He thinks a lot like me. Get that kid some mismatches and let him go to work. Thank you, Chalupa Batman. Uh, Mike McCoy at UM Radio Mike says, uh, I'll give you two on O and two on D. Always the overachiever, Mike. You're giving us like a thousand names. I already gave you guys a name at every position group, so you know, he he wants to overachieve like me. He says on offense, Tyler Van Dyke, he says. And he also says struggling to say Elijah Arroyo because he was hurt, but I'm saying Arroyo. You can say whatever you want to. And then on defense, he says West Saint and James Williams. He says the scheme will feature him all over the field. So, yeah, I, I like – I agree with you. I like James to make a big jump. Cigars and Canes says it's going to be Tyler Van Dyke 100%. Postal Kane. I like his answer. He says it's going to be the Canes fans because we're all going to show up to games this year. <laughs> well, listen, I, I know for one thing, fans have wanted to see more points scored. And that's obviously the goal of this offense. You change offensive coordinators, you bring in a guy who's, you know, a little bit more in the 21st century. So hopefully, if Miami scores more points, there's going to be more butts in the seats. But most of all, if Miami wins more games, there's going to be more butts in the seats. So, I hope you're right about that, Postal cane. Wow, we always, uh, Better Duck always tries to kill the vibe. He says, the most improved players will be all the players who transferred out. The players who remained are strugglers. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Better Duck. Oh, man. Uh, Sloan Dave says, on offense, I'm expecting to see Skinner and Young improve in the passing game. On defense, I believe Thomas Davis steps up and James Williams has a breakout year. I like it. Uh, ben says West Besaint, Nigelique Kelly and Tyler Van Dyke. I like the shout out for Nigelique as well because we hadn't mentioned him up to this point. Uh, let's see. TV Dimes and Colby Young is what 225 Hurricane says. Uh, Ruchette says hopefully Tyler Van Dyke. Robert Hutchinson says James Williams and TVD. I like the way you think. Uh, let's Be Jerks says TVD. Eric Valderrama says it's going to be Jakari Brown. Dual threat is the next level of the game and he will have lots of space next year. And Dean says, James Williams got a lot more tweets. Oh, let me read one more. Carter Estep says, Leonard Taylor. I wanted to read that because I threw out Leonard Taylor as a possibility as well. So thank you guys so much for sending us your tweets. You can tweet us at locked on canes. And if you follow us at locked on canes, we will follow you back. Let me shout out. We got a handful of new, uh, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. I wanted to give you, if I'm looking down, it's because I'm looking at my phone here to bring up the new reviews. I, I always want to shout you guys out when you leave us a five-star review. Let me actually find the show here. Okay, here we go. So we got a few new ones here. Thank you to Kane 6 who says, listen every day to the pod. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Ask Coach Cristobal what espresso machine he uses. Or does he have someone use the traditional mocha pod for his cafecitos? Thank you in advance. I I guess I should ask him. Like personally, I use a um, a DeLonghi machine and I make like three four espressos a day, so I'm I'm a veteran with that. I'd love to know what Cristobal uses as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, Stockbridge Canes says, "Love the coverage from this podcast. Excellent interviews and information. Thank you so much." Uh, mercenary love says realistic and positive always upbeat we try because listen man if i don't have my positivity what do i have a daily listen they say thank you so much uh and i think i've read all the other ones that have come in so i appreciate you guys if you want to leave us a five-star review on apple podcast it takes like a minute to do that do it on spotify as well make sure you hit five stars and if you're watching us on youtube make sure you smash That like button, smash the thumbs up button, and we will talk to you guys again tomorrow. For those who are watching the premiere, I know we came out late today. I hosted uh, the morning show on 560 WQAM in Miami, and I worked an afternoon hockey game, so it kind of threw my day. I I love doing these jobs. Don't get me wrong. I love what I do, but it kind of threw off my Locked On Canes rhythm today. We'll be back in the late morning tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team.